Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today, and make sure to join us over on Facebook. My wife and I are welcoming you there for free Grace Teaching and encouragement. And so that's available for you as well if you're interested in more Grace Teaching. We're talking about no one is right with God. This is our second part. And we talked a little bit about this in our first intro. Um, and uh, the key verse to this, of course, was Romans 3.10, where the Apostle Paul says, No one is righteous, no, not even one. And so righteous, again, in the Greek language, means to be right with God. The word is dikaios, and its meaning is to be right with God. Okay, and we talked a little bit about how to get right with God. We talked a little bit about the God's love is unconditional for everyone. You know, it's it's a great message for the unbelieving world, the lost and the saved. We all like to hear that message. And it's a good message and it's true. But not everybody is right with God. So we should never be, you know, telling um, others that they're right with God when they're not. That would be lying to them. And so we want to be truthful with people. We want to uh, go into the scriptures and, and look and see what the Bible says about becoming right with God. You know, I have to share a little story with you about an atheist. An atheist once said to a believer, a saved person in Christ, if you know how to get right with God and you don't share it with me, you must really hate me. Let me ask you something. If you had the cure for cancer and you could share that with others, would you do that or would you keep it for yourself? You see, that's Paul's motivation. That's our motivation. When it comes to telling people how to get right with God, we want to make sure we let you know how to get right with God. Yes, God loves you unconditionally. We know that. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. 1 John 4.10 tells us this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away all of our sins. So all through the Bible, it's going to tell us that God loves everyone. Okay, but not everybody's right with God. Okay. Okay, so we want to take a look at, first of all, what are we saved from? In other words, what are we, what are we, when we're made right with God at our conversion, what are we saved from? Well, think about this. Before Christ, folks, we were in Adam, sinners. You see, this is one reason why we're not right with God. We're spiritually dead, separated from God. Another problem was our heart before Christ. This is why Jesus said you had to be born again, Nicodemus, to enter into the kingdom of God. He's talking about a heart problem there. The heart was deceitful above all things and desperately wicked before Christ, full of malice. That means hatred towards other people. We were not children of God. We should not be saying to the lost as believers, hey, you're children of God. We're all children of God. That's not right. It's not honest. We shouldn't be telling the lost world this as believers in Christ. 
children of Satan, as we're going to see. Jesus described the lost world as children of Satan. Lost people. We're enemies of God before Christ. See? Not because of our behavior, but because of our condition, our spiritual condition. You see? And this is why Paul's not ashamed when he says this in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. It's God's power, and it will save everyone who believes. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself from the beginning to the end. Becoming right with God depends on a person's faith. It is written, those who are right with God will live by faith. A couple things I wanted to take a look at there. The good news, okay, gospel means good news. It's good news, first of all, because it shows people how God makes people right with himself. You see, and it's through faith. It's by grace through faith. Okay, faith is belief. So it's by grace through belief. And belief means to accept. Okay, so the good news is God's power saves everyone who believes. We look at John 1.12. I was talking to a Jehovah's Witness once, and she said, How? and I quoted this verse, I said, uh, in John 1.12, it says, to them who received him, in fact, to all who received him, to them who believed in his name, God gave them the right to be called children of God. And she asked the question, how do you, how do you, how do you believe in him? You see, how do you believe in him? How do you, how do you receive him? She said, because she wanted to become a child of God, but she was taught that she had to do works her whole life in order to achieve that goal in her religion. You see, and so when you look at a verse that says, wow, you mean to tell me all we have to do is receive and believe in Jesus Christ and we can go from this to this? Yes. So God has shown us how to become right with him. The law and the prophets give witness to this. And that has nothing to do with obeying the law. Romans 3.21. That means it has nothing to do with self-effort, self-reliance. You can't live a self-reliant life and just do a bunch of good deeds to be right with God. You see? Good news is those who are right with God now, by grace through faith, live by faith. You see, we, we just, you know, believe that we are who God says we are. The good news makes us friends with God when we were enemies. Romans 5.10 tells us, For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You see there, so we were reconciled back to God through the death of Jesus. Yes, we were purchased back to him. But now we're still got, we still have a problem. So to be saved or to be made right with God, we need life. We're saved through his life, through the resurrection by grace through faith. You see, and when we're made alive through that life that Christ came to give us, John 10.10 10 tells us, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You see, it's by grace through faith. So what is the gospel that saves? 
you know, a lot of times people will write into us and say, you know, what is, where in the Bible does it talk about the gospel? Just the gospel. That's all I want to know. Is it John? Is it the gospel of John? Is it Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know? And I'll say, no, absolutely not. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. That's second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. That is the gospel. For what I received, Paul says, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, through some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me, also as to one abnormally born. Folks, the gospel that saves and makes people right with God is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and by grace through faith in him. Period. Jesus died to take away all of our sins and to usher in the new covenant. He was raised that we might have eternal life. Remember, he is the eternal life giver. He is eternal life. In him was life, and the life becomes the light of mankind. So the gospel is a message of life. This is why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a very substance of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, Christianity would be just another religion or an empty, empty philosophy. You see there? So no one is right with God. We shouldn't be telling people that you're right with God. No. We can tell the unbelieving lost people that God loves them unconditionally and then Maybe that'll attract them to want to know more about the gospel, the good news. Because remember, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every human being that cannot be filled by any created thing, only by God, made known through Jesus Christ, Pascal said. So keep in mind that God-shaped vacuum is always there in the lost. It's a good message to tell the lost world that, you know, God loves them unconditionally. But how about the void? How about the God-shaped vacuum in them? We need to tell them about that. We need to bring that up and say, you know, you've got a problem, don't you? You're empty. You're, you're, you've got a God-shaped vacuum in you. And that's found in Christ. In Christ is life. And that life takes care of that emptiness, that God-shaped vacuum, and also makes us right with God. Be encouraged. God bless.